0: A young man, everyone is proud of. He has a job and he's staying out of trouble. He wants to learn about the world. He's just a kid, really. And the world turns a face to him and it is of foulness and violent for pleasure. It was in the fall of the cards, now cold on the lay of the table. Welcome.
1: When Alan Bolch, a 17-year-old high school student, got off from work at Villanova, he was going to meet four friends for a boy's night of low-key mischief. Maybe drink a beer or two and shoot guns at Kincaid Park after hours.
0: The ancient crumbling scrolls unfurled surgically and held down to let the laser eye scanner sweep over them. Lost and hidden dark in a cave for eternity, and now being ticked out numerically in a few million electronic flicks and flickers, captive again in the stillness of a tiny black storage wafer. The old texts decoded were exact copies of the ones the Hebrews still carry under arm, wandering through a world once promised them and looking for a place to call their own. We are beautiful but wretched peering in for an answer to our legacy, of bloodshed, love, and madness. Desperate and finally aligned in the screen, the text read clearly that we were formed in the image of God. Catching a ride to work, the young man looks out to the modern world on the brink of the year 2000. The fences around a junkyard, muscle cars crumbled and streaked in orange dust, buried under minivans and car wrecks, Endless miles they'd covered, their cold shells now withering under the passing clouds. Clouds tinged with the taste of their metal carbons. Quaint houses sit on the lip of the boulevard, the front yard amputated a bit at a time. They had bustled away the smoking Fourth of July grill, a casualty in the Cold War with Russia. The old doghouse is in the turning lane. Pulling into the business plaza strip mall, an empty storefront looks out. His floor showing buildup of many counters for the cash registers, walls thick with painted-over dreams of an old dojo, a bistro, tanning salon, a barbershop, tattoos, and cable TV installation. Jazzercise. Echoing empty, the dim, dusty dreamscape goes for a dollar and a quarter per square foot. Dreamers be wary of the landlord assuring you, as he leaves you blinking up into heaven. But what was it he charged you, while numb in the dreamscape? Oddly, it was the last month's rent. The dog awaits, back by the dumpsters, and perks up, happy, and comes ticking around the corner of the front of the strip mall. He runs up to the young man who gives him a decent half-share of a cow rustler's breakfast and pets him, and they look smiling at each other, allowing the empty storefront to finally be the dreamer for once. Of a porch just before dawn, a young man and his best friend snug the rifle and the backpack out into the bush trails at dawn, crossing the creek while the sleeping are still sleeping. The young man pants the dog's head and says something and smiles, heads into the strip mall Restaurante. past the empty chairs and this counter and this cash register, back into the kitchen to work, the dog wagging his tail just on the other side of the freight door. Hours to go, the envelopes were sticking out of the time slip slots. He dried up his hands and ran over real quick and took his cowboy pocket knife and slit the ridge of the envelope and peeked in at his check. He had planned on getting some odds and ends later, but he should still have about $160 in his pocket. Yes! He tucked the check carefully into his backpack and got back into the last swing of the shift. There was a knock at the freight door. The dishwasher with soapy hands opens the door. Alan, it's para ti! Don Vicente scowls. Alan looks over and smiles from ear to ear. He skips and slides on the slippery kitchen floor up to the two friends. P.C. and Alex. Don Vicente thinks about the young man. Alan leaning on the door swung open. The shadow of feet under the gap of the door. Concern across his brow. He looks at Alan. He chuckles to himself and shakes his head. They did it. Alex is standing with his leg like Captain Morgan up on the cooler. P.C. clapped his hands together and is smearing his palms together and grinning raising his eyebrows. Alex kicks open the lid and floating in about two bags of ice or probably eleven or twelve beers. His jaw drops. They had been forgotten about in one of the dad's boat coolers. Rolling around with a little sand for a while, the paint on the cans was buffed off to aluminum in some spots. The plan is falling perfectly into place. He'll get off at 11.30, they will run up to the cars on Lake so he can cash his check. Then they will head out to Kincaid Park, let the tailgate down, crank up the stereo, pop off a few rounds out near the bluffs, and knock back a couple of cold ones. What would he say to people years from now when they ask him, Elder Bulch? what type of things did you do in Alaska? I played Sonic the Hedgehog until my fingers were numb, and I sneaked out mixtapes on CDs that I burned on my mom's computer when she was at church. This is gonna be so freaking awesome. Earlier that week, Alan had heard them talking about something, referencing the thing. When he asked them what it was, they had to think about it a little while. But then PC told him, It's a maybe, maybe. So-and-so's cousin that works at Pyramid Audio, we are like 90% sure that we are going to get a joint from him.
1: Alan had moved from Missouri to Anchorage, Alaska with his parents and siblings in grade school. His dad, Cliff, was an electrician with the FAA and his mom, Barbara, a registered nurse at the then Humana Hospital. They were a Latter-day Saint family and both parents prior military. In 1990, Barbara died leaving 13-year-old Alan and his siblings motherless. The Bolch family would pick up the pieces and continue on. Alan, who loved cooking, became a chef at Villanova, studying under Chef Giorgio from Sicily. September 23, 1994, Alan felt on top of the world.
0: He had seen people he knew think at 4.0s they smoked weed right in front of him. One girl waved it toward him as she raised her eyebrow. It wafted across his face. And he doesn't know how he knows it, but he knows that it turned her on. Serious. And he instantly remembered the smell. It was everywhere. In the mall, in the parking lot, in the parking garage. Supposedly half the teacher smoked pot. He knew it wasn't going to kill him. He was 17 years old. Don Vicente, though? Alan thinks to himself, says that he has smoked weed his entire life. Alan chuckles to himself and shakes his head. The beer and the gun suddenly are lesser Dan. If they get the joint from the guy, he will take three puffs. This is big for him. He's a good kid, he really is.
1: According to the FBI crime data, 16% of crime is committed by minors. Several studies found that 53% of male juveniles will re-offend compared to the 46% female. Philip P.C. Wilson, Alex Pappas, Willie Moore, and Ryan Chernikoff had their own histories. And at very least, minor consumption and possession of alcohol tonight.
0: Don Vicente whispering while he suds the soapery. Alan sometimes catches him singing along to Bruce Springsteen. The angels sometimes catch him praying, Mijo, my son. They look over sharply, something, 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 mijo. Hands doing a rosary beneath the suds in the soapery. His friends PC and Alex weren't astute enough to read what it meant when his ears and neck went blotted red and he looked scared for a moment. But then Alan grinned, kind of crooked. They just read it simply as, He's game. Everything is working out. Working their way out to the bluffs. If you pound on the sand at the edge of the cliff, you can watch the birds fly out below you from the holes in the wall. They were afraid it had collapsed in the dead of the night and they fly out and around and back in, squinting and shaking their heads at you. Stacking his beer can up as a target, tried to push it down into some sand. The two puffs were definitely kicking in. The shooting will still be cool, but really, he wants to sit and think. He remembers a guy telling him that the reason that the government and churches don't like weed is, they don't want you to sit and think freely about how things could be done, how life should be lived, standing proud and accused a of legacy of bloodshed, love and madness. Laughing to himself, he reorients from a weed warp, and he is walking down to set up the beer can as a target, try to push it into a little bit of sand evil twist of fate, there was another surprise. They had shuffled the deck and had lured a live target here, from back at Villanova, behind the freight door. It's not too hard if you know the right treats. They'll come wagging along. Just don't surprise them until you've got everything in place. The music is blaring, and PC lets the little feller get right in front of him and pulls up his forty-four. Alan sees it from the corner of his eye, turn in horror. The farmers land in the prehistoric, rudimentary tools made out of a shoulder bone, scraping in dirt circles, casting in clumps of the things you like to eat, and finding a patch of it in the world already. By removing the weeds and sticks, the thing gets bigger. Cut down some trees and make some more room and let's watch and see what happens. The crop duster plain is over a horizon of glowing wheat. They still find arrowheads when they plow every spring. The young mother is reading in bed next to her husband. Out of silence, she says that the teacher called the house from the elementary school about something troubling that little Chad had done. Her hands are raw from pulling of weeds from the wheat in her troubled little boy. Over tea, the friends of the family would tell you straight that he has been a problem for his mom his entire childhood. The court papers are beginning to wash up on shore at her mailbox each morning. Mandated programs and counselors overlapping, becoming so cliché. Every birthday he ever had was a reference to the one that he turns 18. She didn't want to think about it, trying to spend time with her little chat. But honestly, it seems that all she finds left anymore is PC. Counting down now, parts of his mother are numb. The stepfather is concerned with the two shiny pistol shells in his hand, as she is folding Chad's shirt in a daze. She has begun to ignore the bullets that get trapped in the dryer anymore. Stealing a motorcycle you can even write off as the big scene in your high school movie. But when you start meeting up in dark parking lots and seclusions and sell fake drugs to high school kids right outside of your circle of friends. Next it's a friend that you see all the time. You break into his house and you steal all of his dad's guns and all of the stuff. It becomes a buffet all around you to be sampled everywhere placing the garnish. Spoonsip of fears, dabbles of shock, there are weaknesses to exploit, like herbs and sauces. Mother has convinced herself to go the distance with him. She feels that at any moment, that she could shatter. They all remember when Ryan's dad was building them a skate ramp. They couldn't wait as the thing began to appear piece by piece of wood and plywood, trying to sneak over with a skateboard and skate off the only corner of the carpenter's mid-morning work. It was exactly what the parents had wanted. The boys could come hang out at the skate ramp. They would be out there for hours. She remembers a photo of Ryan and PC standing with his arm over Ryan. And Ryan was holding a skateboard and smiling. Alex's mom had weighed out her options. She genuinely loved her son and took all things into account for him already. And after all of the logic, she knew that she had to take away his car. He is getting worse and worse. She can see it overtaking him. She would have never thought that the lying about going to school, drinking, and smoking marijuana would be a relief now, if that's all that it was. They say you have to choose your battles? He has convinced them of it completely. They negotiate the no car thing. And due diligence would have a mom go take a look at the car on a quiet afternoon, go in and tidy up a bit. Odds and ends, tossed around a bit, and laying there on the Honda carpet is a sawed-off shotgun. Her son is washing downstream, and she looks down at the blankets that she had been clutching. She calls the police. They even send over a homicide detective, and he listens to their troubles, and then he lays eyes on that black little sawed-off demon. He has seen the handiwork of this little feller. You still smell everything in the air. It's not just the gunpowder. It's a wet mist. He explains to her the way the world is and how McLaughlin is full of kids who had already used their weapons. He'll get the gun off the street and have a weapon charge added to Alex's juvenile petty theft charges that are pending. A truly inspired strategy. Willie Moore has got his dad's blazer. He better. He didn't want to use it last week and he was sure that someone had seen them when they used it to break into Alan's dad's house. His dad let him use the blazer assuming he's flying passes with it through flocks of girls. Sorry, dad. He's more of a chauffeur.
1: Parents, friends, law enforcement and teachers witness glints of lawlessness. Blints of each young man becoming another statistic of violence.
0: The 44 round enters the back of the skull as the bullet is following in a spray of splinters and bone up into a tightly packed brain cavity. The ears and the eyes become grand central station in an end of the world evacuation. An elephant stepping on a tub of wet butter. It couldn't get out fast enough and the kirby lines at the top of the skull that we get from our mother shatters, and the release of all the energy leaves all parties traveling up and outward. The nose and the chin can often be left undamaged in a grotesque semblance of the last moment of shock. The knees give out and the body begins to drop. PC never stopped pulling the trigger down to the ground, slumping with each round. Nods to Alex holding a shotgun and he fires it inches into the little feller's face. Even Willie had been ready and he shot him in the lower ribs, blasting in amongst the most tender of organs and vitals. The lungs, stomach and liver, the deep waters beneath our feelings. Cherikov was running away, that's nice. Alan looked up to the stars all night that evening, out on the bluffs alone was better than back there. A lesson unexpectedly about this world, sitting and thinking about how things are, and the way they forever have been. All night long, he never cried. He never did.
1: Alan Bulch met up with PC, Alex, Willie, and Ryan. Alan even unjammed PC's gun and reset the target, and PC shot Alan. Alex shot him in the face, while Willie shot him six times with the forty four caliber. They robbed Alan of his pay, pulled him to the edge of the bluff, and PC kicked him off.
0: Don Vicente was puzzled when he found the dirty towel bed empty behind the freight door. He looked all around, behind Villanova. The one thing about storefronts is, the store back is pretty dreary, and there is nothing. There is nothing. The ocean is pulling the sand out to sea, and the wind blowing it up over the land. The holes in the wall have all sagged away, and the wind blows empty of any bird. The dirt bikes came upon him, tumbled down here, thrown by the legs. The dog keeps trying to lick Don Vicente's lips and he's laughing and pushing him away while the dirt bikes are skipping full throttle. And it is only the sound of the wind again, empty of any bird. Sirens are coming, eventually Boots stepping through the brush in the dark and the flashlights shine across him with disbelief. The dog is pawing at the hand of Don Vicente, and he is bitterly weeping into the sudsy soapery
1: On the morning of September 26, two motorcyclists found Alan's body. PC and Willie had made plans to leave for California after selling one of the guns to classmates. The police found themselves face to face with the young killers who quickly began telling various stories of what occurred that night. Allen's bullet-ridden body told detectives the truth, and all four men were charged and sentenced. PC getting the most time of 99 years.
0: True Crime 49
1: Find us online at TC49 Podcast. See show notes for more information.